What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Here we are again, another week of podcasting. <laughs> How was your week so far? Um, so far, so good. It's what, Monday afternoon at this time of yep. recording? Yep. Yeah, I, I guess your week has really just started. Yeah, I mean, it depends on when you think the week starts. Well, if you're one of those psychopaths that think the week starts on a Sunday, then fuck you. Whoa. That's crazy. We should have had this conversation before we got married. Did you do you think the week starts on Sunday? Well, no, obviously it doesn't, but it is there as the first day of the week on the calendar. That is what they have on the calendar for some reason. And when you learn to say your days of the week, what do you start with? Monday. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Who whoa, 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 whoa. Who the fuck is Actually, going Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? No, you well, go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday. Did anyone have their start with a Thursday? Thursday. The first day of the long weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's the best long weekend there is. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are the work days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are the weekend. Sorry, no? what's happening? 
<laughs> what is going on now? Well, now I'm discussing my optimal your uh, your your favorite <laughs> type week. of long weekend. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but if we're gonna restructure Holy and fuck. start with fucking Monday, then we might as well start the week off right with Thursday. Yeah, I yeah. You know what? I regret going down this road. <laughs> I don't give a fuck today. How are you? Oh yeah, you don't give a fuck. Wow, look at you. It's because I'm bleeding. Oh yes. Hey, I did something really interesting. Uh, over the weekend. <laughs> okay. Um, I had, um, I, I partook in a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, um, I just, I, I was feeling good. Okay. And, uh, uh, in a bit of a mood to like, to just feeling silly. And I was hanging out with my, uh, my partner, Leah. And she, she was like, I got to take out my diva cup. And I was like, can I do that? Can uh-huh. I, can I take it out? Yeah. Somehow she agreed and let, and was like, sure. And let me do it. Yeah. Holy moly. It was the was, coolest thing. Was it cool? What was cool about it? The way the I blood. I didn't know it suctioned. Oh yeah. I like, you know, I mean, it was cool. Did you to, pinch it? Yeah. It was, I had to, I had to like dig right up in there with two fingers. Yeah. And then it wasn't as far up as I thought it would be. And then, and then the little, like, it has like a little nipple at the bottom of it. Yeah. Grab that. But I just thought I'd, I just thought, I literally thought I would just go and just pull it out like that. Right. But I had to like give it some oomph. (laughs) And, uh, and it just like, it like, like popped off, like popped out. With an explosion of blood, was there no, 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 no. No, it like when I felt the, the click. Yeah. I like held it and then slowly took it out. And then, uh, yeah, what a fascinating little like what a fucking thing that you guys do. It's funny because I one of the one of the fertility awareness method uh, tr- things you're supposed to do on a right. regular basis on a daily basis is yeah. check the position of your cervix. Okay, sure. And how hard is that? I don't really do it. Do you gotta like? Do you gotta go into plow? No, no, and then no, and no, then no. and then like. Stick no, your- you don't even have to like really go that far in. Some days. To touch your cervix? Yeah. Isn't so, the cervix like way back there? Uh, probably for some bodies right, it is. Right, right. But I think actually it changes position through your cycle. So at some point in your cycle, I don't really know. because I, I haven't I haven't done this part yet. Um, it's higher and sometimes it's kind of lower. Uh, and you got to reach up and, and feel it. But I don't know if I'm feeling the right thing. I mean, I think I am. It's kind of a, a bit of a donut. Uh, sensation that you're feeling for yeah yeah i'm looking at it now i mean but the idea like, of the telling is whether like, it's that's like up that's like the back wall of your vagina right like that's like well, the, that is the maybe that is the opening anatomically or, incorrect like here's the human body right the, the that, i mean that's what i'm looking at here. yeah if you were to actually take it out and look at it, it just probably just looks like crazy oh yeah look at that the cervix, it's actually like a yeah it is it's it kind of looks like tonsils yeah right you know what I mean? Like, uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So I haven't been more doing that. And it's, it's like, <coughs> it's more, you like, you got to wash your hands, obviously. Same thing with the diva cup. You got to keep, well, wash your hands before I you go. Hands. I did do that before I, I stuck my fingers up there. And then you got to wash your hands after because oft, often there's this blood under the fingernails. If you're sticking your fingers up there. Yeah. I got to, I, my, my, I just cut my nails, but yeah, I, I wash my hands after too. Yeah. I actually pour so I and then I poured it out. I poured it into the toilet. Yeah, and uh, 
I was I felt like a, I felt like a kid in sci- in like science class. It was just like wow. It was you know wow. Look at it. it was a, there was a you know it was a fair amount of blood. Yeah. In the cup and um, and then I took a little bit and made a little cross on my forehead. I knew you were gonna draw on your face at some point. <laughs> yeah. I've had people yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, I've had a person do that. Pull yeah. that out. Yeah. I do have a cup out. Um. Yeah. It's a perfect little shot, eh? It's yeah, like an ounce. It was. It was about an, yeah. It was yeah. like yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's nice the way it. Uh, I didn't drink it. No, please, no. I can't even think about that. Hey, I mean, some people do drink their own. Why? Well, we had a we had a woman on Sick Boy, uh, and she she came on to t- to basically promote the drinking your own period by getting getting to know your 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 yourself and your body, and uh, I do remember. Finding it fascinating. Yeah. And uh, I also remember Taylor being a little bit shook. Uh, but then it, it, I thought it was great. It was very, it was like a female empowerment kind of vibe. And, uh, and. Uh, warm? Did she drink it warm? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I don't think she like processes it in any way or like cools it first or anything. I don't know if it's because I'm presently on the first day of my period, but I'm not in the mood. That makes right me. Now. It makes me like I just feel annoyed. Oh yeah, about it. There was we had some pretty hateful comments on <laughs> on social media. Really? About it? Yeah. People were that upset that they, oh, yeah. they took oh, the time to oh, leave yeah. a comment. Well, well, CBC posted it. Okay. Oh. And well. Oh yeah. Damn it! It, it was you know people were like you fucking liberal cucks promoting drinking you know it's like that kind of shit. Yeah. It was quite funny. I like I I enjoyed that. I mean, I'm sure there's Wild some... Womb Joss is her name. Wild Womb. Wild Womb Joss, like that's her. That's her brand. Okay. Um, she's like a she. She leads like, like, like woman womb yoga empowerment classes yeah. during the full moon. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could get behind some of that for sure. I could get get behind some rituals uh, about the full moon, around the full moon and the new moon. She loves rituals for sure. Yeah. yeah. She's but you wouldn't drink your period blood in one of those rituals? No, I don't fucking think I would. First of all, my period blood isn't like, it's pulpy. You know, it's got some pulp mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you like your orange juice with pulp, with or without? I do like my orange juice with pulp. Okay, well then, but this what's is wrong like, with your period blood they, with pulp? This is, well, because it's not the same first of all it's warm is it with pulp or lots of pulp because there's two that like do you have you had orange juice with lots of pulp <laughs> it's a it's overwhelming it's too much i love pulp lots of pulp too much <laughs> lots of pulp is too much it's a dude it is it's it, it's uh it's fucking stew it's orange juice stew oh god it's been so long since i've had orange juice period <laughs> Oh man, I'm drinking orange juice every day. Um, but what's the fucking deal with um, orange juice with calcium added? I feel like that's on every box of orange juice now. I have no idea. Okay, well, anyway, um, it's not like pulpy. My period's not pulpy, but it does have these like I don't know if you're supposed to call them clots or what, but they're just like these little things in them that I just like. It looks like a loogie. I wouldn't want that in right. my. In my throat later. Let's see what Cora has to say about drinking your period blood. Uh, is it normal to eat your period blood? This was a question that was sent to Cora. Uh, and the first answer is a, is a is from a physician. Wow. I've been practicing medicine for a while now, and this is definitely the first time I've heard of this one. 
I thought I heard it all. Unless you're referring to a dog or some other animal, and I get the sense that you are not, then the answer is no, it is not normal. If by normal we mean pertaining to the norm, and the norm being what most people do, most women do not eat their period <laughs> blood. He uh, he seems to be pretty riled up about this. I think I think he would not be very happy with Wild Womb Joss. And you know what? I'm not judging. Oh, I definitely no. am not judging. You know, if you feel in, if you feel like something is healthy for you, then it's probably fucking, yeah, fucking do it. I, well, yeah. You know what? Not, I take that back. Not without not you know without major some people think it's healthy to take like twelve Benadryl. Right. Know? I don't even think it's really that healthy idea. to take one Benadryl. Yeah. Hey, here's a digital, uh, daysdigital.com. Five uses for your period blood every month. Uh, Do you want me to go through this? I'm afraid. Are you? Do a face mask. (laughs) I just did a face mask last night. With period blood? No. You could have. But You had the Diva Cup there, right? That's right. I could have. Active regenerative stem cells, life-nurturing nutrients, Heady, rich material minerals. God, learn how to read. This is in the facial. This is what they're saying. This is what they're saying. Okay, with question marks. Uh, These words could easily be written on the back of a fifty dollars face mask. Turns out your body produces these ingredients every month. Bride, I don't know. You're having skin problems. This this might be it. Turns out your body produces these ingredients every month for free, and that they (laughs) are amazing for smooth, young-looking skin. Yes. You know what I'm getting at? That period blood face mask. Here's how you do it. This is, you know what? This is why so many of us were burned as witches. <laughs> You're going to get so much hate for that. Uh, do you want to know how to do it? Yeah, prep, I prep do. by actually. cleaning your face and wearing <laughs> either nothing or a t-shirt that you don't mind getting dirty. Collect the blood from your menstrual cup and put it in a little container. The fresher the blood, the better. Using clean fingers, apply this amazing liquid to face and neck. Avoid getting too close to your eyes and mouth. Because of its liquid consistency, only a thin layer will stay on, which you can build up by adding more blood on top. <clears throat> it dries even quicker than a clay mask. It actually does dry really fucking quick. Because oh, that blood? Shit that, that shit I put on my forehead the other day when I was goofing off. Yeah. It dried up really quick, and I, I started doing this in the mirror. <laughs> I, was, really? I was high on Molly. Okay. I started doing this in the mirror, and it started like cracking, crick and crack. Quite interesting. Do you have photos? Uh, I did not take a photo. Oh. I do have photos of myself in a mask last night, though. Okay. I'll show you later. Uh, it dries even quicker than a clay mask, but you can leave it on for about 15 to 20 minutes or as long as it feels right. I mean, fuck, leave it on for days <laughs> if you want. For as long <laughs> as it smells okay. The effect is cooling. The mask can smooth your skin, treat acne, and many people swear over its useful, useful effect. I'm going to fucking try this. I'm going to try a period blood face mask. Oh, okay. And report back. All right. Because my skin, my skin, I have troubles. I've had a history of trouble with my skin. True. It hasn't been too bad as of late. True. But I did just shave my, uh, most of my facial hair off, which is quite uh, rare for me. I have a mustache right now. You can see it if you want to watch. Turn me on 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 Patreon. Patreon.com slash turn me on. You can see my. My mustache. Um, and his eyebrows. You met, there was some really good eyebrow action there where you're demonstrating the uh, the cracking of the period blood. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, you can do that with your period blood. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I would do it. I would actually do that mask. Okay. Uh, do a ritual to heal shame. This is another thing that you can do. Okay, maybe This seems I need a little that. bit more... Um, maybe that's step one. So, 
that's pretty specific. Do a ritual to heal shame. Okay. But sure. I mean that, you know, no one needs shame. Shame hurts and we don't need it. So do that. <clears throat> the other thing you can do is, oh, 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 I'm doing this. Oh, no. Make nail polish. Oh. This totally untested recipe could be fun to try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you are the sexy combination of crafty into makeup and a daredevil, shop for a nail l- lacquer, liqueur, lacquer, 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 liquor, lacquer, barely newer. Uh, shop for a nail lacquer base on a website like this. And there's a link there. <clears throat> Good to have a little funnel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some silver mixing balls and a clean nail polish container as well. I if, don't know. It's silver mixing balls. <clears throat> neither do I. If I were to try this, which for the record, I have not, I would first strain some first or second day ruby red and bloody type period blood into a container thereby removing any chunks. Uh, go bury the chunks under a bush. I'd then plop the mixing... I can't tell if this is a joke. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is like pretty le- legit, though. Um, then plop the mixing balls into the empty nail polish container, fill it about three-quarters of the way full with the lacquer base. Then, using the fen- funnel, I'd add some blood. Now, I know that chemistry is a big part of this process, and I don't know how organic matter reacts to lacquer. However... If the result I got was unsatisfactory, I would probably add a little more nail polish remover to the mix. The cheaper, cheap and easy ver- version of this is just to take some clear polish you already have at home and try mixing some blood. You could even add glitter. Hmm. I don't know. I would try it. Okay. I, I'd try that for sure. Okay. Uh, All right. The other thing says you can paint with it. Sure. Why not? Uh, that I could do. <clears throat> that I could get behind. A little rage painting, mm-hmm. a little period paint, yeah, rage painting. Uh, this one, little woo, a little bit woo woo. <clears throat> Amplify your dreams with your blood before bed. Place a dot of period blood onto your third eye. As you fall asleep, call in dreams and visions that you need to see right now. When you wake up, be sure to write that what down, write down what you saw in your dream journal. This is why so many of us were burned as witches. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, maybe I'll try that one, actually. I would try those last two, for sure. The nail polish one and the dream one? No, the uh, blood paint with one. Oh, paint. Paint and, and dream. I'd do a mask. I'd do a mask. I'd have to be in the right headspace, but I'd do it. <laughs> the right headspace. I mean, is it weird? To use someone else's yeah, blood? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I don't know the answer to that, because I, I feel like if it were urine... And that question was like, is it, do you drink someone else's urine? Because people do, will drink their own urine, but would you drink the urine of someone else? I don't think you should. I don't, yeah, I think probably not. And, and the blood thing, blood stains Actually, come it's out. probably fun to drink someone else's urine now that I think about it. Why? I don't think urine, I, I, I mean, I, don't quote me folks. And honestly, don't even write me if you know the answer, but um, I think it's probably fine. To drink someone else's pee. Let's ask Cora. While you're looking that up. <laughs> it's been asked on Google quite a bit. If you're drinking the urine of someone else, then you may introduce medications that you have not been prescribed for you. Oh, yeah. This can lead to a dangerous reaction and serious health complications. Despite the common myth, urine is not sterile. That's... It contains bacteria, just like any bodily excretion. Yeah, so... So don't... I mean, just don't drink piss. Like, like you know, 
Don't drink piss. If you're doing it for sexy time, all right. But don't know dr- the risks. But don't drink it all the time. Don't drink it for health. Don't drink it instead of water. Oh, definitely no. You just, know, you got to drink. I got to drink some water. I'll right drink now, some water. Actually, I have to. Just, I had. I so when I came off the uh, when I started putting coffee back in my diet. I, uh, the first couple of days were almost orgasmic in my experience of being back on coffee. And now I drink a full fucking bottom in like 15 minutes and I want more. And then it's halfway through the day. Do you you not get like, just like all fucking wired up? Um, (sighs) it's weird. I would, I think if I didn't drink it the way I do with coconut oil. Right. Uh, when I blend it with like a fat, which I used to do with butter, but now I can't have butter. Right. So I do it with coconut oil now. It's like, it's, yeah, it feels like drinking milk almost. Like there's a thickness to it that feels, and a fattiness. I don't know. I, I think there is science to this about how it lines, it, it kind of is, is a little easier on your gut lining. But <clears throat> right. I'm also <clears throat> taking all this other GI tract stuff to heal my gut lining. So I might sure. be... I don't know, just fucking up, but I hate, I hate that. I take it for granted now. Mm, it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't get my joy out of it. I'm going to drink some more water. Hey, uh, we got some, uh, we got some listener mail. Thought I would take a moment to read some listener mail. Uh, we always love getting your emails. You can go to our website. The contact form is there or just straight up email us. Turn me on podcast at gmail.com. This actually come f- came from our uh, website, from the form submission. Uh, It's a little bit of feedback, and it's coming from uh, a very kind gentleman named Matthew Mandel. That's Matthew Mandel. I don't... (laughs) M-A-N-D-E-L. Matthew Mandel. Okay, here we go. Uh, Subject, use the cough button. Okay, I can see where this is going. And here's the message. (laughs) For fuck's sakes, you are professional podcasters, and every podcaster, every podcast, your listeners have to endure listening to you hacking and coughing into the mic. Use the cough mute button for fuck's sakes. It's Podcast Radio 101. Listening to you cough and hack every episode completely ruins the mood. It's gross and unprofessional. Thank you, Matthew Mandel. <laughs> uh, thank you for that feedback. Really appreciate it. And uh, oddly enough, where is, do we have a cough Don't button? have a cough mute button. No. Didn't, didn't learn that in podcasting 101. Actually, to be, to be quite honest with you, Matthew, never went to school for it. So uh, no one ever taught me about the cough mute button. But hey, Matthew, here's an idea. Um, can't afford one right now. Would love to have one. How about you go over to patreon.com slash termion and subscribe uh, to our Patreon for a hundred bucks a month. How about that, Matthew Mandel? That'd be great. That and should then, buy us a cough button. Yeah, your first your first uh first payout, I'll use that fucking hundred dollars to build in a cough mute button here at the studio. Um otherwise, thank you for your email. <laughs> <clears throat> Very kind of you. Oh man. I, I just picture Matthew. a giant red button right in the middle that like at any moment I could also just tap and have a private conversation with you. You know, you know what I would love is a is a big red cough button that I can (laughs) implement into Matthew Mandel's life so that any time of the day that I want, I can just (laughs) press it. And it just it's the sound of me coughing in his fucking ear. Yeah. 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 
Don't worry, uh, Matthew. I will be dead uh, soon enough, so you don't have to deal with my coughing into the mic anymore, okay? <laughs> you can thank cystic fibrosis for that one. Uh, yeah. That's like when a your mom joke goes really bad because the mom is dead. Yeah, right? Yeah. I did that a couple of times in my life. What well, a fucking prick. I hope you're still listening, Matthew. I hope you heard. <laughs> I hope you heard that. You li- you listened to at least enough podcasts or the episodes that you've heard that. So I mean, he glad could, you glad you glad you, you tur- tuned in and uh, he could. Why don't make- you go leave a review on I- on <laughs> iTunes while you're at it? Do you know what I feel like? Um, so I sent you this little link. Uh, it's a advice. Some an older woman wrote into um, an advice column. Yeah, let's and, cover this. And I feel like you'll get. There's kind of a similar tone in your response to Matthew Mandel as there was to this. Oh yeah, uh, yeah okay, yeah. great, great. So I'm going to read this to you as if it came as if it came to us. Sure, and you but can. This tell came me. through the Guardian, right? Yeah, this came the, through the, the Guardian, Guardian uh, newspaper, which apparently has a, a sex advice column. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, the name of the columnist is Pamela Stevenson Con- Connolly. Very cool. And they are a U.S.-based psychotherapist who specializes in treating sexual disorders. Cool. We should get them on the show. Totally. Okay, so here is what an anonymous person wrote into Pamela. All right. I am a woman in my 70s who has not had sex for more than 15 years and has not been dating for almost 30. I am now on dating sites. My sexuality was awakened by one of the the men I met and I find myself as sexy and desirous. I really should have pronounced some of these words before I got on here. Desirous, as desirous, full of desire, desirous as while. Okay, Blah. my sexuality was awakened by one of the men I met, and I find myself as sexy and desirous as I was when I was younger. The problem: I scare men. I am easily aroused, often to orgasm. And I am also an active partner. They think I am too fast, that I do not take care of them. On my part, I am not used to slow awakening penises that need a lot of caring and coaxing. I find older men are acting like demanding spoiled kids, and I happen to not have a particularly good maternal instinct. Is there a possibility that there are men my age willing and capable of handling me the way I am? In real life, I am an independent but mild-mannered lady. I am willing to change some sexual habits, but not my personality traits. In the old days, men didn't complain, but found it rather refreshing and exciting. Hmm. So <clears throat> let me get this straight. She she just comes like Readily. real quick. And she's, she's 70. And her dating pool are men that, are probably pretty low on tea and uh, aren't as like virile as they used to be. I think that's, yeah. And, and, and she's like, she's not, she doesn't have the patience for their dicks. She doesn't have the patience. Okay. <laughs> are you not going to, you're not going to give this. She sounds, she, I mean, look, here's the thing. She's 70. She doesn't have a whole lot of time. She doesn't have a lot of time left. I get it. But also, just sounds like a selfish partner. Mm. You know, like every everybody involved wants the pleasure, you know? And sometimes it takes a little bit more time for the pleasure to be accessible. 
Yeah. <clears throat> and um and so if you're a partner who doesn't take the time to please your partner because you've you've come and now you're too tired or you don't want to do it anymore, you're you're a selfish partner. Yeah. You know? It seems like there's a compassion piece that's missing. Yeah. There. Especially for especially when you're dealing like, you know, her her comment there of like the men the men like they did they used to like it. It's like, well yeah, they used to like it because they could fucking get hard and blow their load like with two pumps. Like you're you're we're talking about a different age group whose bodies work completely differently. And kudos to you that you're that you're you know, your tools Spry. are your tools are still <clears throat> seem pretty sharp. Yeah. That's that's really rad. But also if you're you know, you can't uh Yeah. You can't because you can't just expect an old like a really old old guy to to have uh, to be as 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 spry as he once was. And to not have patience for that. Yeah. Or the you know, you don't I, I get the like I'm not your mom kind of attitude. Yeah. I mean, I get that sure. feeling, but I don't think that attitude has its place. Not there. There. Yeah. Also, just find a find a young buck who's like who's really into geriatrics. <laughs> you know, like find find a find a 25 year old who thinks you as a 70 year old woman is the bee's knees because then then you're you know. No. That that might that might fit a little better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I'm going to read you what Pamela said. All right. Um, many men complain that their partners expect them to mind read and say they crave direction. And there are certainly men of all ages who appreciate having very clear, direct information about what a woman needs. Mm-hmm. And it sounds as if you are able and willing to provide this. But slow awakening penises, in quotation marks, happen to be the norm in men who are your age and even younger. In requesting extra attention, they are not being spoiled, kids, in quotations. They are just asking for what they need, which is very direct penile stimulation. They do not need mothering, just adult-to-adult patience and care, since they will naturally take quite a bit longer to become aroused than the men you dated 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Pamela did a pretty good job there at responding to that in a compassionate totally, yeah. and direct way. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? I, uh, I think we got to throw it to the episode. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, we are talking. <coughs> oh, sorry, Matthew. <laughs> That's just what we'll say every time. Yeah, we're talking to uh, <laughs> we're talking to our new friend Sarah Rose, who is a uh, she is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu master who also happens to uh, who happens to teach tantric uh, sexual uh, intimacy and um, uh, is a is a, a certified uh, sex coach and relationship coach. She also has a podcast called Sex and Sarah Rose. And she has a, a, a program called Pussyology. Which you will hear all about. Oh, yeah, you will. Right uh, around the corner. So this is our conversation with Sarah Rose. We hope you enjoy it. And uh, like always, we will see you on the other side of it.
I okay. I I think I want to I want to kick this off with this. The, my first question, right off the bat, Sarah. First of all, hello. Secondly, can you tell me what is pussyology? <laughs> pussyology is a course that just shows men or women, either one, how to use your fingers to stimulate different parts of um, the vagina, the vulva, and also breasts. So how to give women or you know people with vulvas, vaginas, and breasts uh, orgasms with uh, finger hand stimulation. Um, so it's really just about expanding the horizon when it comes to female pleasure and rather than just be solely focused on just the clitoris or you know just penis and vagina sex um how to really stimulate all these different areas um doesn't really go into cervical orgasm just because that is a um I feel like there's, there needs to be a lot of extra attention and care when it comes to cervical stimulation, but it's a spot and G spot, uh, clitoris nipples, um, and just like how to slow down and how to, um, go through the process in a way that typically feels better to women than what's usually, um, done to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Uh, which leads me to my second question. Uh, what, what led you to create pussyology? Is it, is this stemming from like, just, uh, just a Rolodex of awful, uh, (laughs) awful hand pleasure coming your way? Or how does this, how does one, how does one get into the, the realm of starting a, a, basically a course to teach people how to please their partner using their, their hands and their fingers? Well, it's really important because there Mm -hmm. is such inequality when it comes to orgasm. Uh, 65% of women that are in a heterosexual uh, sexual relationship, they're not orgasming during sex. And so um, it's, or only 65% do orgasm, uh, where 95% of men will orgasm during heterosexual sex. So There's a huge orgasm gap. Um, And, you know, from my perspective, pussyology is very basic, um, but it's one of those basics that is really lacking in in culture. Like, unfortunately, so many guys just don't really know these basics that are really important. Um, And, you know, I have other courses, Sex, Talent, Training, and Man on Fire, which go like really deep into connection and intimacy and like how to have tantric sex. But if you can't take a first step, if you can't walk, you can't learn how to run and then learn how to fly. Right. Like you've got to have these basics down. Um, So it's just part of an overall uh, sex education. Did you, how does one get into this? Like what was your, what was, I guess, you know, one of the things that we typically ask guests on the show is like, uh, is especially guests who are, who happen to be so, uh, motivated and driven to, to educate about sex and, and pleasure, um, is, I'm always curious to know, like, what, what was like, what was your sexual origin story? What was your, what did your sexual debut look like? In other terms, in other terms, like <laughs> like, how did you lose your virginity? Uh, but we we like to use the word sexual debut or uh, or 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 sexual origin story. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was raised uh, evangelical Christian in a very uh, conservative suburban part of Arizona, and sounds um, like you were having tons of sex as a young tons youngster. Of sex. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> I'm a pastor's kid, and a very very sheltered environment. So. Um, sex education was just non-existent for me. And I had a lot of hangups around my sexuality. I remember being like in middle school and feeling turned on and like, I wanted to be touched by the boys and I wanted to be kissed by the boys and I wanted to have a boyfriend, but I, I wanted to dress cute. I wanted to dress sexy and that was just not allowed at all. And what happened during that time was I really shut down my sexuality and disconnected from that part of myself. And I became very judgmental of people that did express their sexuality, which is what we see happen so often with women, mm. you know, like they, there's so much pain into this part of themselves that they've disconnected from that they will then project that pain outwardly into judgment of other women that they see out there that are fully expressing themselves sexually and having fun with it. Um, and I was definitely like that. Um, and then I ended up uh, getting married and I got married very young, um, got divorced. Was this like, was this like, like married young as in, married under the eye of God kind of married young like like did you get married young while while practicing your religion and 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 like saving yourself till marriage like that that sort of same old story of like religious upbringing saving yourself till marriage you know getting married because like now I you just gotta sex. fuck yeah it's like it like gotta, gotta do it was it that kind of situation or or did you just happen like just uh, coincidentally you got married young um so i mean it was very common with the people that i grew up with that yeah. they that we would get married young um and so at that time i was living in new york because i moved to new york after uh, right out of high school and i was working in the fashion industry and so nobody in new york was getting married at that age i was uh, 18 when i got married but holy whoa. shit whoa that okay i thought like, 27 actual, was too young yeah that's 18 is pretty young that's pretty young for a marriage yeah how old <laughs> yeah. was he how old was your, your uh, 20 partner? 20 yeah, okay and was he yeah. also uh was he a, like a man of god or uh, he was also yeah raised very religious, right. yeah. kind of the Baptist or Methodist kind of mentality, you know, just that. Um, yeah, so we both had that similar um, idea of, you know, religion and how that mm. influenced everything. So, so yeah, it was uh, interesting, <laughs> to say the least, but um, my sexual awakening didn't start to happen until like my thirties really. And that was when I started practicing. I had started in New York um, doing yoga and like from yoga, I ended up finding Tantra and I had like Kundalini awakening experiences more towards like 28, that type of thing. And that was when things really started to shift for me. But um, I think I was 30 when I went to India and got trained in Tantra and really like everything shifted at that point. Um, got divorced very uh, soon after that. And uh, it, yeah, just ever since I've been 
on this journey of, uh, I guess this is where my evangelical roots still are at play because now I am spreading this gospel. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got married at 18 and then you were still married to that same person until you were in your thirties. Right. Yeah. And, and may I ask what, how your sex life was within your marriage? Uh, he, I don't, I try to not talk about him too much. You know, he's got his own life and everything. <laughs> so, sure. um, but yeah. But your, but your sexual awakening happened after that relationship was over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Was the, what, like the ret- return from India, was that... Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because but like Brady and I... Um, have we've we've embedded ourselves pretty deeply into a, a yoga community, um, uh, Moto Yoga, uh, formerly known as Moksha Yoga, and uh, and Bridey was a, a big part of like co-facilitating the teacher trainings, and they would take place all around the world, um, and and God, we've spent I mean just countless amounts of days at these trainings and witnessing people go through like. Um, for a lot of people, a yoga teacher training is like a pretty transformative experience. You know, it's, it's, it's like people tend to, it's fucking weird. It's, it's almost as though a lot of the folks that show up to these, these trainings aren't expecting it to be as like personal, personal as it ends up being. And it's like, it you're almost like watching therapy unfold, like in front of you for better or for worse. For, yeah. For better or for worse. And, but the thing that I always found so fucking fascinating was without a doubt, n- n- no matter what, upon return to home within that group of like 60 people that attended the training, there was 
always a handful of them that returned and broke up, broke with, up their partners. with their partners. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the relationship just came to an end and, and you know, whether that's from some sort of like awakening where they're realizing, Oh, I'm not, I'm not happy. Like I need to, this is not the life that I want to lead for myself. And this is, you know, this is not where I want to be. Um, and I always found that to be very, very interesting. Also very like there's something very empowering and, 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 you know, although breakups are never easy, there, there is something very exciting about that. Um, was that like, was your return upon return to, to the U S from, from your trip to India? Like what was it? A, was that a sort of similar experience for you where it was like, Oh, I've just, I've just ex- experienced and like looked into a part of my life that I, didn't even know, didn't even know existed. And, and for me to like follow this path and be my true authentic self, I need to like, I need to let go of this relationship and move on. Is, is that kind of how this, is that sort of how it came to, to be, or was it a a little bit more nuanced than that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think everything in life is very nuanced, right? There's so many different things at play and, um, different people bring <laughs> different things to the table. But for me, it was, I felt very empowered in myself. I had a lot more confidence at that point. I felt just a lot stronger. Um, and a lot of the religious brainwashing that I had from my childhood, I had moved beyond that. And so that wasn't holding me back anymore uh, because I really had this strong sense of uh, being married for life. You Mm. marry one person and like, that's it. And, you know, I would have done anything to save this relationship. Um, even if it meant me not being happy or, you know, not having all these things that I currently have, like I would have just because of the brainwashing I had, like it Mm. was so strong. Um, so it did help me to move through that. Um, and then also, you know, for him, it just wasn't uh, in alignment with the life that he wanted to, sure, to have. Right. So, um, yeah, there was yeah. a lot of how, things. How did he feel about the the Tantra and the Kundalini? Like, was that when you started to gravitate in that direction, was he pretty open to you going in that direction? Or was, were, was there already sort of signs of like, not sure how this fits within our mm. life? Um, that was, yeah, he wasn't. He he did some of it. He kind of started to get into it with me a bit, but wasn't um, ultimately wasn't really his thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So the 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 institute that you studied at in India was it in India where you studied? Uh, so I studied through uh, Golden Bridge with Gurmukh Karkalsa. That was in India. I went and trained with her twice, and that was in Kundalini and White Tantra. And then um, I did the Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality was after that, and that um, was in the U.S. Mm. What's okay? So what, what's White Tantra? What is well? Yeah, sure. I was going to say what is that? What is the the Tantric? Can you say that again? The Tantric. The Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality. What's that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's where I got my coaching certification from. um, And that's where I became certified as a sex, love, and relationship coach. Mm. And um, 
that in that program, I learned what's called Neo-Tantra. So uh, it's very different than classical Tantra because it really is just a focus on sex, love, and relationships. Uh, whereas classical Tantra, which was more of a lifestyle practice, everything from you know diet and dress and uh, how you just interact in the world. Um, Neo-Tantra is something that was made popular primarily by Osho. Um, and he mm. brought this idea of um, just the, the sexual, the importance of our sexuality and bringing this out of the taboo part of society uh, into something that's more holistic and healthy. And of course we have reports of Osho and his community and things like that, that have been um, contrary to that, but <laughs> mm. he did, he did bring uh, Neo-Tantra. And so there are a lot of people now that teach Neo-Tantra and they do it in a healthy and integrated way. So, you know, his legacy isn't completely tarnished in that way, but that's, that's more of what I teach where, it's how can we look at our sex lives in a holistic way? How can we really have this as an integrated, healthy part of us? Because for instance, with myself, like it was a part of me that was really repressed. And so since it was repressed, it was showing up as things I didn't like judgment, you know, things that feel ugly inside of me that I don't want to have. And so now with a healthy sexuality that's really integrated it just feels like it's just a normal natural part of who i am and mm. you know i express it however i want so neo tantra is really about that and it's about how to have sex in a way where you're deeply connecting with your partner where there's incredible intimacy um and then like the kind of the more practical uh parts of it would be how to extend orgasm, how to have full body orgasms, how to have multiple orgasms, how men can have orgasms without ejaculating. So that way they can have full body orgasms and multiple orgasms. Um, and so it's, it really is like, it's just using techniques um, of breath, sound, movement, and focus, taking these four basic principles that we all have access to, all humans can have breath, sound, movement, and focus, and putting them together in sort of a, a formula or a recipe so that way you can create different experiences in your body that just makes sex feel a lot better. Mm. Is this, is the work that you do, um, uh, is it typically done on like a one-on-one -on -one basis or, 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 you know, I mean, pre COVID, like, or were we looking at, uh, group work with, you know, folks piling into you know, like a, like a dojo and, and and working on breath breath exercises and, and 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 stuff like that or is it or is it more so like uh direct one-on-one -on -one or one-on couple coaching it is both so i actually started out just teaching out of my house and um i would have just like 10 women in there when i was first just working with women and you know we'd have 10 women in there just having incredible incredible, amazing experiences. And, uh, but now everything is online. I was actually fully online prior to COVID. Um, but I'll do, for instance, um, like sex stallion training is a seven week online course 
that is just guided audio, guided video. They just, you know, it's like a buy now, get instant access, and they go through it on their own with me guiding them video and audio. Um, Man on Fire, it's a six-month group coaching program, and they have the option to include private coaching if they would like, but again, that's all through Zoom. And then, um, like, I have a, a women's program called the Pussy Pleasure Land, and that is uh, 14 weeks online, but then we're doing an in-person retreat at the end of the 14 weeks. So it's mostly online, but a little bit of bringing in some of that. I'm trying to do something for the men as well, a retreat for them. So pleasure, pleasure, pussy land sounds like the best theme park I've ever heard of. <laughs> pussy pleasure land. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to that theme park. <laughs> yes. When does, when does that open? <laughs> How tall do you have to be to ride at that theme park? I love it. I feel like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this work. I I'm intrigued by Tantra and always have been. And it seems like one of those things that like, I can't, I can never explain to other people. Mm. Um, I I was listening to, so you have a podcast um, as well and Sex and Sarah Rose, right? That's the name of it. And, um, and in the episode that I was listening to earlier today, actually, you were talking uh, with your guests about how there's, you know, some people hear Tantra and they're like, oh, Tantric sex. But as you Mm. said earlier, that's like there is like a whole lifestyle component to it as well. So for someone like me who, you know, I have a yoga background, I understand like mindfulness and I understand I understand like savoring things that are pleasurable and like noticing when things are pleasurable and, and and savoring that and being grateful for that. Um, but I really don't feel like I've ever had an adequate explanation on how I can sort of use those tools that I'm already really familiar with to integrate Tantra into my life, um, or to how to find even information about this in a, like online, because as soon as you Google Tantra, you get like, Cosmos 17 Tantra positions that you Mm. should try tonight, you know? So could you, could you kind of, I know you, you, you focus on coaching and, and integrating sexual and, in, um, Tantra, but can you give us sort of like a how to for incorporating Tantra principles into or practicing them? Teach me how to have a full body orgasm. In 30 seconds. Washing the dishes. Yeah. 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 That you can totally do. (laughs) Literally like once this energy is just like so part of you and really with, with the tantric practices, a lot of it is just training your nervous system and how to experience pleasure in different ways. Mm. And so like, once you're really connected to that, your nervous system is on board of like, yeah, there's pleasure in so many different ways, then you can definitely have, uh, orgasms while, sitting at a stoplight or washing dishes. <laughs> I was talking with my business coach a couple of weeks ago 
And she was just like, Sarah, she's like, you're the, like, you're just such the master at this. Like you just find pleasure in everything. And I just realized when she said that I had been sitting there and I had my computer cord in my hand and just like running my hand along the computer cord and like just feeling the pleasure, the sensuality (laughs) in that. And it was just like (laughs) every little thing, like you can find that kind of pleasure and it's available in, in everything. Um, but it is, it is doing the practices and the practices train your body, train your brain to experience this. Uh, so when I'm working with people, it's, I typically have them do practices four or five times a week, just like 20 minutes a day. Um, not, huge but I mean also a lot of fun too like who doesn't want to practice pleasure 20 minutes a day <laughs> we but in it it's just training your body and your brain in a new way of experiencing everything like my motto in life is pleasure is my true north and I'm like if I'm not finding pleasure experiencing pleasure in something then there's something wrong with this and I need to be doing something different mm. yeah I, I mean like it's it sounds like it's very similar to like the practice of mindfulness. You know, it's like it's this practice of something that you do, you make a habit of practicing it on a daily basis, and then eventually it just becomes second nature. It becomes it becomes the same sort of system as breathing or or you know, or or like you, you just it just you, yeah, you've, you said it like it, it once you integrate it into your life, it starts it starts to just express itself uh, without you even really noticing it, which is which is really cool. I mean, you know, especially especially when it deal when it's dealing with something as. Something as. Relatable and recognizable as as like. Um, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, like tantalizing pleasure. I feel like, I feel like everyone has, I shouldn't say everyone because it's never everyone, but I feel like most people have at least had an experience where they can go, Oh, I know what that feels like. But then to, to look at, to look at that, that sensation and imagine what it would be like to feel it at the drop of a hat or, you know, during anything that you're doing, that's, that's, that's a superpower. Like that's really, that's really cool, you know? And the same, the same goes for mindfulness, you know, like the, to have the ability to at any moment, just pause, gather yourself, feel grounded, feel gratitude. That's a superpower, you know? And, and like, we are capable of we don't need to be bit by a radioactive spider to get these superpowers. Like it just, it just takes, it just takes a practice and takes time and, and goddamn, who wouldn't want, who wouldn't want to be able to do that? That's how it sounds. It sounds so great. You know? So is that what like a 20 minute practice would be? Let's say I'm just going to go with washing the dishes because it's the first thing that comes to mind. So you know, it's also that thing that just made you get so horny washing the dishes. I, I don't, do, know I don't, I don't know why this is on my mind. Probably because <laughs> yeah, right. I, I yeah. have no idea. But anyway, I'm tr- but like taking something that you do every day mm. and going, okay, this time I'm doing it. And I'm, I'm not just like running the water while I wipe down the counters. I'm like, I'm turning the tap on and I'm hearing the sound 
And I'm going, wow, that's so amazing that I can just turn this tap on. And this water, this like beautiful rushing water sound is like filling my my sink. And then I'm going to squirt some soap in there and like mm-hmm. watch the way it bubbles. And then I'm going to put my hands in. I'm going to feel the temperature and all this kind of stuff, right? But so that's a sensual practice, I think. And I think it encourages pleasure. But how does that help my genitals. How's that, yeah. How does that help your pussy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good, good question. <laughs> right. So, no, uh, when working with women, for instance, in the Pussy Pleasure Land program, the practices that they get are masturbation practices or call them self pleasure because actually the term masturbation, uh, the origins of that are to defile by the hand. So, um, <laughs> wow. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Holy love shit. It. Can right? we, can we make that the title of this week's episode <laughs> yeah. to defile by the hand? Yeah. Christ. So self pleasure is a lot nicer way of referring mm-hmm. to <laughs> the experiences that we're having, but there's self pleasure practices and, um, they're guided. So about 20 minutes guided self pleasure practices where I'm giving them step-by-step step, like, okay, now, you know, touch yourself in this way, or, um, they'll have a glass dildo. I'm New York. That, I love it. That's this is great. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm in downtown Manhattan. <laughs> so they'll have a glass dildo um, where they're stimulating internally different parts of the vagina, and I'll be guiding them, you know, step by step, or touch your vulva like this, <clears throat> breathe like this, move your energy to this part, different part of your body. Um, in the in tantra, we use the chakra system, so the root chakra, the uh, which is at the cervix. Um, the uh, clitoris is the second chakra, third chakra at the solar plexus, fourth at the heart, fifth at the throat. Um, the sixth ch- chakra would be at the third eye. And then the seventh, which isn't actually a chakra, but it's typically um, thought to be one, is at the crown of the head. And so it's using this type of um, breath and focus to move the energy, the sexual energy um, from wherever you're stimulating internally or externally vagina or vulva and bringing that through the different chakra points so you can um, transmute the energy in each different area. So that would be one practice that they would get. So basically they're stimulating themselves sexually, using their breath, using their focus, bringing it up to the different points in their in their chakras up to the crown of their head back down to the sex center and then again and so you're cycling this energy Uh, so that's one practice that they would do um, among many many but I also work with them on kind of the mindset around their sexuality too so we do practices that are more therapeutic in nature where it's like looking at their shadow, looking at these parts of themselves that they've rejected in order to be accepted by society or to be accepted by God or to be accepted by their parents, things like that. And so it's a combination of the physical tantric practices with how are we actually behaving um, based on our upbringing and, you know, just things we've been fed through society over the years. How do you help people um, identify their shadow stuff? Uh, So there's a lot of different ways we go about it. Um, With 
for instance, there's a practice that I recently did with um, in my my men's group where uh, we're talking about dating and like how we show up when we're dating. And um, one of the things that I had them do was just start to create um, more of like a positive outlook on their life. And so looking at all the ways that they uh, might show up with a negative mindset and really getting to the core of like what makes them spiral downward. Uh, and then that way they can kind of catch that before they start that downward spiral and have more of an upward spiral with their attitude, their mentality, their excitement around dating. Um, but that one was more of like a journaling practice of just like, okay, this is, I notice when, um, I'm chatting with somebody and they ghost me. I start to do X, Y, Z. I start to become, and it's really like these microaggressions that we have towards ourselves and towards other people. We become, you know, angry and this hurt, right? Of rejection typically or something like that, uh, where it's like, okay, all women this or all men that. And we see this rampant in society, like, you know, all white people, all black people, whatever. Like it's just everywhere. People are just really like, blaming, criticizing. And it's like, okay, so what is, what's the trigger there that's causing us to go in to spin out on this and what's beneath that trigger? Like what's really the pain point that you're dealing with, that you're struggling with and how do we heal that pain point? Um, so that way we're not being held back and we can move forward in a healthy, you know, way, like heal these things so we can just be a happier society, all of us, um, eventually, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we had a conversation uh, that we released a couple of weeks ago with um, the sex educator named Carrie Isham. And I was asking her what she thought was the reason that so many of the policymakers and so many of the leaders were so not supportive of comprehensive sex ed in, for like for in schools. And her opinion very clearly was like, everybody has some kind of trauma, sexual or maybe not, that they need to heal from. And it's shame of from, from that trauma that keeps people from being able to open up and see, you know, the benefits of having comprehensive mm. sexual education. Mm. Um, so... Yeah. So, so what I'm getting from you with the shadow work, cause shadow work is like one of those terms that I hear a lot, but I, it's really unclear to me how you decipher that in your own personal life. Um, how, how, how you can sort of like see past or through your patterns or your reactions to try to identify, you know, what is the trigger? What's the feeling? What's the, the pain point, um, that this comes from? Does it, like almost always lead back to childhood and like the way we were taught to love or to behave, you know, um, it, I, I would say no. I mean, you, you know, because like not all trauma is experienced only through childhood. Right. You know, we're, we're all experienced. We're all, we're all building up a real big fucking shadow right now with what we're currently going through. Right. You know, like I, I think, I mean, I could be it's wrong. Hard I, I, to see I, I could it be wrong. It's I, if it's, ha if yes, that is yeah. happening and I hear people talking about that all the time and the bad, bad, very 
not good year that we have all had together yeah, and yeah. are still having, but there's still something in me that's going, yes, I can see that the circumstances are not ideal, but I think I'm doing okay. Like you, you I you can't are. feel yeah. the trauma no, you, building up. No, but you me. never can. You never can. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, you know, that's, that's what makes it trauma. Right. Because it comes and bites you later on in life. <laughs> well, you oh, yeah, right. It'll show up later. It'll show, show up later. And, and and look, I don't know anything about shadow work, but from what I'm gathering, from what I'm hearing and what I've heard, you know, if it's, if it is, if it is based in some sort of trauma, which is subjective to everybody, it doesn't, it doesn't only necessarily mean that it's coming from Happened childhood. childhood. Right, no. right, right. Um, but something you said there actually made me curious about to, to ask you something, Sarah, about, um, you know, I, I know that I know that with uh, with like pretty strict religious upbringings, um, uh, there's a there's a sort of uh, stereotype of like, you know, the, the, the Catholic guilt when it comes to sex and, and the shame surrounding sex and sh- sexuality um, is that in the work that, like, you know, because it, it is such a it's such a complete 180 your your life now compared to what your upbringing was in terms of like you know like morally and and like uh what's accepted in in the name of religion do you do you does do you get like glimmers of shame that that kind of pop up that you have to deal with personally yourself when when providing the work that you you do or 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 even just like just living your own life like living to your to your fullest self like do you is there parts of you that that still have to deal with like a little bit of like oh oh wow that was there's a bit of a, a little bit of that catholic guilt that just like crept up there i didn't see that coming <laughs> yeah i mean i've done so much work around it but it does still pop up yeah. absolutely yeah like it can still be there and it's definitely less now than it was and i find like it becomes less and less and less all the time um but yeah i mean it's it shows up every now and then but at least i have the tools to to mm. work with it to recognize it um, to hold myself in loving compassion. And that's really a big part of it is just like noticing those pieces of me that still need so much love that need to feel safe, that need to feel accepted, that need to feel like they belong. Um, and just having that, that type of conversation. So, um, I, I relate to these pieces of myself as subpersonalities. It's similar to inner child work, things like that. Um, where there are like these pieces of consciousness within me that, and that's a, a tantric philosophy is like everything has consciousness. So if mm. I'm feeling, um, a part of me that feels guilt or shame, more likely shame, uh, that, that shame is a piece of consciousness that's wanting attention, that's wanting something. And so I'll have conversations with that shame of like, Hey, what's going on? Like, what can I do to help you feel better? And like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Like we're not that same sixth grade girl anymore. Like we don't have to feel that. Right. And just like, literally so much can be healed in ourself just by having love for ourselves. like mm-hmm. so much compassion, so much love for everything mm-hmm. that we've experienced 
in this human life. And it's a lot, you know, like, oh, you're talking about everything we're going through with COVID. Like, Mm. yeah, like I didn't even realize how much trauma and tension I had in my body until after I got vaccinated. And like, after I got vaccinated, it was almost like I felt healthier because I had been holding on to this constant stress of what if, what if I, you know, literally like every single little thing, what is that COVID? You know, I have a Mm -hmm. headache. Do I have COVID, you know, and this is what we've been dealing with for the last year. And that's just such a small part of everything that's been in place. So, you know, there's a lot that we go through in this human experience that we're all playing out right now. And uh, love is the great healer. Mm. I, I'm familiar with the chakra system through yoga and, um, and I use it in meditation often as like a visual. Um, I haven't used it in it, with self-pleasure. Um, but sometimes I also use it and I like chant the seed mantras because I find, I find that really energizing. Um, and one thing that's, that you said there about safety is something that I think of every time I do a a chakra meditation, because that first one, that ground one is so about feeling safe and that, you know, I will be, I'm secure. I will like everything I need. I have everything I need. There's more than enough for me. Uh, there's more than enough for everybody, you know, just like a lot of that kind of reinforcing, um, to get, to get me out of my anxiety so that I can move up the, the chain to like the sexual and creative center. But I have to, I have to do it every single time. Mm. And I'm also really aware of it when I'm just on a day-to-day basis. Like, do I, am I operating from a place of fear and lack and, and, uh, and how, how is that preventing me from feeling pleasure and being able to like move up this chain to, to accomplish things? So I guess my question is about is about sort of that first step um <clears throat> that first that baseline i've never heard anybody say that the first chakra is located at the, you said the cervix right mm-hmm. yeah i've never i've never i've always thought of like the pelvic floor mm. or the perineum or something like that can you can you explain the perspective of of the cervix and and that sort of safety as the sort of primary step in being able to experience pleasure? Yeah. So typically for women, cervix or perineum for men, um, perineum also. So it's, um, if you look at the history of humanity, like way, way, way back when tribal societies, like we were scavengers. We were, not top of the food chain, like our uh, safety was not guaranteed by any means. And so like, because of that, and because of our leap to the top of the food chain, which came really fast, we didn't really um, have the natural evolutionary process that typically happens to become top of the food chain. Humans tend to be very insecure 
like that's just a uh they're typically coming from a place of lack so like the lion would go in for the kill take what the lion wanted and then um there would be you know the next layer of of uh animal that would come take what they wanted and humans had to come in get what was left over um fight any hyenas or whatever, you know, like, and it was not something like we just didn't have a lot of confidence. And so that scarcity, that, that feeling of lack, that feeling of fear is something that we, most of us really struggle with just on a biological level. And so these systems such as Tantra or yoga, or um, even Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where he's talking about having to have that base level um, of safety uh, in order to self-actualize. Like you've got to first have that first layer of the pyramid um, completely. You've got to feel safe. And so I look at the work that I do with people really as a way to self-actualize. And so we do so much around that safety. Um, and when it comes to sex, love, and relationships, most people don't feel safe in their own bodies, especially women, because of all of the attacks on our bodies. And it's like, even if a woman hasn't experienced that in this lifetime through epigenetics, we still carry that trauma from women in the past who have had so much abuse to their own bodies. So it's like developing this, creating the new neural pathways, creating just like reprogramming the cortex to align to safety, feeling that developing that sense of safety in the nervous system is really important. So that way we can continue up and, you know, go into the pleasure in the second chakra, feel really powerful um, from the, the solar plexus chakra, be open hearted and connected through the heart, speak your truth have there's so much wisdom come from your throat chakra, like go beyond duality with the sixth chakra and the third eye, like just beyond all sense of right and wrong and just, you know, be totally purely present. And then, you know, connection with, with all of creation, all of expansiveness through the crown chakra. But it is like, doing this work, like I said at the beginning, it's literally like retraining the brain and uh, creating just a, a new way of being in your nervous system. And a lot of that also comes from releasing trauma that is stored there currently. Mm. This is all uh, super, super interesting stuff. And it, it's really fun to to take time to sit down and talk to people like yourself who who've like fully just embedded their lives into... Uh, uh, as you put it earlier, like just spreading this gospel, um, uh, pre preaching the good word uh, of, of self-pleasure and self-actualization. Um, how Give our listeners a little bit of a, a, a rundown on how they can keep up to uh, keep up with all the things that you are doing and, and let our listeners know how they can uh, listen to your podcast and, and where they can find you. Yes. Yeah, so my podcast is Sex and Sarah Rose. Sarah has two R's, S-A-R-R-A-H. And you can get that on uh, Apple Podcast or um, Spotify, everywhere. And then my website is tantricactivation.com. And on Instagram, 
Uh, my men's uh, site is Tantric Activation, and then I have tantricactivation.queens for the women. Sweet. Uh, Sarah, this is really fun. Thanks for taking time out of your day today to sit down and chat with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, there we go. That was our conversation with Sarah Rose. I enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. She was great. Um, It's fun to know that we were talking to someone who's like, knows their shit about, um, you know, something is like, uh, you know, mysterious and exciting as Tantra. And then also know that like at any moment, that person, if someone like decided to like break into their house in the middle of the interview, that she would just go, hmm. Excuse me while I go choke the shit out of this person with my <laughs> fucking legs. We didn't talk about her, <clears throat> her jujitsu, but she's a, um, <clears throat> if you go check her out, her Instagram, uh, she's, she trains with, uh, Jock John, uh, Machado, who's like the, one of the jujitsu, uh, schools. And she's, uh, I don't know where her belt is, but she looks pretty legit. That jujitsu is considered a martial art, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. We didn't talk about it. I wanted to talk about it, but, uh, she definitely had the martial arts sort of like the discipline focus. kind of focus. Yeah. Yeah she, yeah. she does. Doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, we hope you enjoyed that, folks. And uh, we love all of you, especially our patrons. And if you want to support the podcast now that we're independent, go to patreon.com slash turn me on. And um, you, too, can help support the podcast and um, and help us get maybe a little bit closer to investing in a cough button. <laughs> For Matthew. Thank you, Matthew <laughs> Mandel. <laughs> Uh, if you would like to send your feedback, uh, you can send it to us at termionpodcast.gmail.com or drop it into the contact form on our website, termionpodcast.com. Uh, we look forward to your dollars and your suggestions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is it for this week. Until next week, go touch yourself.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.